Unfiltered Love Radio. Unfilter Love Radio. Yo, welcome to Unfilter Love Radio. It's your boy, Kalissons, because I listen from heaven to earth to me to you and settle it all in love. Look, today you in for a treat. You in for a special show. Got a special guest. And like every time, let's get it started. Remember to hit that star button. Join us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever other social media you think you can find me. Try to find me. I dare you. All right, Unfilter people, let's get it started. Systems that can stop the tumultuous tide of everlasting hope. So through it all. Keep hope alive. All over the world as the walls crumble, hope rises. Nelson Mandela glories in the words, in the beat, in the melody, in the joy, in the victory, in the conquest. There's no turning back. Let freedom ring. Lift every voice and sing until the power comes down. Let the power come down.
as you know, if you've been listening to the series and if you've ever listened to me, you know that the Black National Anthem is something that I just love. Man, that poem, I'm so happy they changed it to a song. That rendition is probably one of my favorite. There's two more that I like a little better than that one. But hey, it gets no more star-studded than that. So stay tuned. Get ready for the show. Sit back, relax, and get your unfiltered love on. Let's get it. And we're back, we're back, we're back. Welcome back to Unfiltered Love Radio. Look, we got a special guest for you. I'm not going to hold it. I'm going to let this man introduce himself. Now, now let me warn y'all. If y'all got heart conditions, if you, you got strobe light problems and you have seizures and stuff, you might pee your pants. You might want to pull over if you're driving. I don't want to cause no accidents. But it won't be my fault. It'll really be his fault. But I'm going to let this man introduce himself. Y'all sit back. Get ready to laugh. It's going to be a wild time. Yo, what's up, man? This is uh, Joe Wills, the inspirational comedian. I'm here with uh, Kel. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, I don't see no instructions. Or see, like this that. is why this is why you can't let people. I didn't get a memo. Fat. Oh, right. You right. know, I couldn't find the place, and uh, I had to fill up my car three times. Oh, see, you know what see, saying? when when you try to give black people an opportunity to come and express their creativity, you know, it's the first thing they're gonna do. They're gonna joke you. But I appreciate it. Because that's just you, that's just what that's what Negroes do. We gonna keep it between us. Right, right. That's what they do. Right. So. Mr. Inspirational, yeah. but you're a comedian. How does those two go hand in hand? I don't get it. I'm glad you asked that question. Oh, he's glad I asked this question. See, they'll never know what I'm asking before they Real come talk. in here. <laughs> Real talk. I'm sitting at home one day, and I'm like, just brainstorming. I'm like, you know, if I could be create any title for myself, if I could create any title for myself, you know, what would it be? And I'm like, I like inspiring people, and, you know, every once in a while, I'm funny. So I just coined the phrase... An inspirational comedian, and that's how I went. So every now and then, you're funny. So you like one of them preachers that we go to church, and he, ah, no, 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 most shot Jesus. <laughs> then the dog said, what? Nah. So you want to know, are you Joel Osteen funny? See, brother, what we're waiting for today is that there's going to be a lady with a gun, she's going to shoot a horse, or she's going to shoot her husband. <laughs> nah, <laughs> it's more like I tell a joke, man, but it makes you think. You know, it brings real life into perspective. But you can laugh. Perspective. At it, you know what I'm saying? Y'all will get that later. Yeah, you know I had to put that in there. You know, but uh, kind of strong. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, because you know, life is funny, and that's why I find the comedy in everyday life. Things I go through, things I see other people go through. So, what was the last serious thing that you went through that turned out to actually be funny later on? Well, uh, let's see, real quick. So. Where I live, there's an ocean. I mean, not an ocean. <laughs> well, there's an ocean where we all live. It's called Atlantic. It's a small ocean. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a lake behind my house, right? So, small ocean. You know, every uh, he, he lived by a pond. It was yeah. a pond from the rain because <laughs> really, we live in Virginia and it, it floods. It's basically a muddy puddle, muddy puddle. But anyway, but uh, you know those Canadian geese that come around all the oh, time. Yes, annoying. So we had just moved into this place, and it was just so happened I didn't know they were there. They laid a nest outside of my back porch. Oh, boy. So one day I'm looking out there, and there's nothing on the nest. My wife says, babe, go see what's on the nest. I'm like, no, I'm not going out there because, you know, I had some bad experiences with these geese when I was little. She's like, go ahead, just see how many So wait, 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 wait. Because when you was little, I don't imagine you ever being little. So when you was little, I feel like you had a whole beard and everything. You probably used to terrorize these geese. So you was little. 
I was little. Anyway, I'm gonna let you finish your story. I was, I was now, when y'all see this picture of this man, y'all tell me if you think he was ever little. I was smaller. How about that? He, he was Benjamin Button. <laughs> this man is Benjamin Button. This man is aging the other way. Yo, my goatee wasn't great at the time. <laughs> I, don't, anyway. I don't trust it. But so, so I'm going out there to the nest, man. I turn around. Two geese come out from nowhere, man, and they chase me. My wife runs back in the house and closed the door in front of me. <laughs> she said, so, they ain't getting me. I'm like, I thought you was a ride or die. You were hiding, you know, <laughs> kind of wife, you know. But anyway, man, it, you know, that's real. It's, it was, of course, it wasn't funny then because, right. you know, they mean. But looking back at it now, it was funny because, you know, I'm traumatized by those foul <laughs> creatures. But, you know, to think that I went out there and yeah. attempt something like that is crazy. So. All right. So, look, let me just give you a word of knowledge. Okay. Whenever you're chasing, and this is for all my audience out there, too. Look. If you live where migrant geese are, because they're not supposed to be around the Virginia area, I think uh, Utah has a problem with them. So does like, uh, it was somewhere weird, like Minnesota. And I was like, mm -hmm. they go there? But anyway, I mean, they coast, they, Minnesota is close to Canada, so I don't know. <laughs> but all you got to do, you're bigger than them. Lift your arms out like you're doing a bear, they will run away. I know because I've done it because I've been chased by a geese too. I too have been chased by a man, geese. Man, ain't nobody trying to lift no arms up, man. I'm man, I lift them up. I'm trying to lift my feet up, yo, because I'm booking. I'm well, you better act like you're David and lift your arms up with praise and act like God gonna save you. I started to play dead, but I was like, nah. It's not a bear. They gonna come and pick at you. You like the other dark meat. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, <laughs> Woo, this guy. So tell me this. As an inspirational comedian, what do you think is one of those things that we're going through right now in 2018 that we're going to look back and be like, it wasn't as bad as we think it is, besides the Trump presidency. But what do you think? That was my first answer, man. Oh, I had to take his thunder. <laughs> uh, let me see. I guess I had to say, um, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that one thing that we, we, as black people, don't realize you know, how creative we can be. Um, and, you know, we sit around and sometimes we complain about different things. Um, you know, we always want to blame someone else besides being creative on our, you know, with our own gifts that, you know, God has given us and make things happen. You know, just like you and I, you know, we ventured out, we took the step to do something that, you know, maybe uh, we wouldn't normally have done. Right. But, you know, if we don't take that step to be creative, to reach people, to help people. We're not going to reap those blessings because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but when I get on stage in front of people, you know, I'm comfortable up there. You know what I'm saying? Right. I know I found my place. So, so you said the gifts that we're given. So I was just reading today and it's kind of been in my heart all day and it's kind of what I'm doing. To whom much is given, much is required, right? Sure. So what has been required of you and what are you giving at this moment in time in life? Mostly right now myself, you know, mm. um, you know, people think it's easy to tell a joke. It's easy to make people laugh. You know, I learned sitting around my family, you know, I can make them laugh all day. But when you go out there to people that you don't know and they don't know you, you know, that's where the challenge becomes, you know, starts at. So, you know, I have to dig deep. I have to apply myself. I have to uh, write every day. Um, you know, even when I do my videos, I have to put in the time and effort. Um, I may take a little time from Mrs. Wills, you know what I'm saying? Or take a little time from watching Sports Center. But if this is what I want to do, if this is in my heart, then that should be, you know, pretty easy for me. So on average, as a inspirational comedian, because you're in a different category from the Kevin Hart's and the Chris Rock's and the Amy Schuler's and the Monique's. So if you're offering five hundred thousand mm. dollars to go do a show on Netflix, 
Would you accept the deal? Butt naked. If they ask me, I'm out there. This man. Starting naked. I'm telling you. I just thought about that the other day, man. This guy. 500,000? 500,000? So be, being a comedian and knowing that comedians, they only usually get paid about 30 G's. Like a show, 30 to 50 G's, and unless you're a Kevin Hart or Dave Chappelle or one of those. But they even used to get that for the HBO specials until recently, right? Do you think Monique should have took the deal or no? Ah, man, you know, I've seen all the, you know, the feedback that she's got. I've heard different versions from her. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, only thing I can say is what she felt like was her self-worth. You know, the time that she's put in it as a comedian, as an actress as well. Mm -hmm. You know, if she thought she was worth more than 500000 then yeah, maybe she should have negotiated. So why not take the audition for $3 million And if you do the audition, they say if she did the audition, they would have gave her $3 million. Yeah, I, I think... And is that still not enough? It's enough to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me and you will take that. I mean, I think it's enough. I think that maybe she was um, walking... Steps ahead too quickly, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Take it step by step because, you know, uh, you know that's a big company. I mean, who, yeah. who ain't watching Netflix? I mean, I got one account. I mean, I know I got like 20 people on the same account. No, he wanted those. When you finish, when we get off of this, I'm gonna need you that know, account. Cool. Okay, <laughs> but you know, you know, take it step by step, and you know, I, you know, I, I applaud her for taking a stand. Was it the right? Did she do it the right way? You know, I'm not sure. So I, I do, I do love that she will stand up for her community and that she's looking out for those who come after her because of her accolades. And yes, she is one of the most decorated comedians, but those decorations aren't as pinnacle as she thinks there are. But at the same time, I put her in the same category with Tim Tebow. Hmm. You are a great wide receiver. You're a great tight end. You're, one, you're an awesome tight end, but you want to play quarterback because that was your last position that you were good in and that got you into the NFL. Right. So when it's time for you to take the lower position, you don't want to take it. So to me, you lost what it was to be humble and just to play the game. You lost the love of the game. That's true. That's true. I mean, sometimes, you know, I've always heard, sometimes you might have to take a small step back to make a giant step forward. You know, maybe she was not willing to do that because of her success and because of her name. So. That's true. And sometimes we got to do it. Hold on. We'll be right back on Filter Love Radio. Keep checking us out. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We back. We're back. We're back. So, fame. Are you doing this? Do you do it to be famous? Do you do it to pursue a message? Do you do it for a higher calling or cause? Why do you do what you do? Man, I, I, I honestly do it because I love doing it. You know, when I started, I never thought about being famous. You know, my mission is not to be a Steve Harvey or Chris Rock or anything like that. My, my mission really is to inspire people through comedy, to make people laugh, to make them forget about you know, their troubles they have during the day for at least 15 minutes or however long I'm in front of them, you know, because um, too many people are facing depression, um, just, you know, things on their job, family issues. And if I can pull them out of that for a little bit and inspire them by just making them laugh, acting crazy, then my job is done. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, have my name in lights. You know, if that's what God has for me, then that's what it's for me. But, you know, that's not my mission. It's never been. Okay, so you say that. 
And now it always comes to this argument. Like the, I think it's the age old question in, in, in black society, period. What's more important? The you being a... What's more important? I sound like I'm country. Maybe my mama... Let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> no, never mind. We're going to talk about that in a second. Because, yeah. Uh -huh. What's more important? The the art or the artist portraying the role model? Hmm. You know, every time I hear role model, I go back to... I remember Charles Barkley said something back in the day. He said, I'm not a role model. You know, but people look up to him. And, you know, he's a... Uh, uh, um, a model that they can maybe, um, you know, kind of curve their um, desires behind or, you know, their talents or whatever. Um, I think I think both are important because, now I say important. But, uh, <laughs> See, important. That, that's the word, of, the word of the day starts with the letter mm, important. <laughs> but I think that, uh, man, you know, if the, that's a tough one, man. That's, that's real tough. Um, you know, if the artist, I think you gotta, if you get out here though, and you're an artist and you get out here and it's all about money, that'll show that soon that will be, you know, evident to everybody. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have compassion about the people, first of all, um, then they'll pick up on that. Right. You know, they'll pick up on that. That's I see true. that on different com comedians I watch. You know, um, I can tell those that just love what they do. And they would get up every morning and do it. You don't have to wake them up. I understand that. So I think if the artist is on point, you know, then their craft will speak for themselves. Good. So let's talk about Alabama. <laughs> Recently, <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen the story, but a mom, she, she, she walked out. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of saddening to me because I know what it is when somebody feels like your dream or your vision or your way of thinking is not important to them. That can be, that's a family member. It's kind of, it hurts. And so for your mom to do that on a national stage, and if y'all don't know the story, kid got accepted to all these schools for uh, college basketball. The mother got up and walked out because he didn't choose the school she wanted him to choose. She was wearing her Alabama shirt. He did not choose Alabama. He chose Florida. So with compassion and with that going, how do you feel about that situation? How do you, do you think the mother was wrong from the way she handled it? Okay, so I, I did see the video. So my first thought was, Dang, she did that on national television. You know what I'm saying? But right. then I don't, you know, assume, you know, that she's the bad person. I'm like, well, what could have happened? Did they argue about that? Is there a reason why she's mad? Because she did have on an Alabama hoodie. She, and I'm like, dang. She was Alabama though. You know, but, you know, listen to the young kid talk. He was like, you know, he wanted to follow his heart. Um, then I saw another video today or something else today that um, talked about how... Um, something about gangs or he something like that. He was involved in gangs in Florida. Right. And so she wanted him to choose Alabama for a different life because I guess she moved down there. Right. So, I'm, and I get that. Right. I get that, but, and I know our emotions can be, emotions are one of those things. Emotions, and you know, because you in the line, you want to make people laugh. You want mm -hmm. to make them laugh. Mm -hmm. But if we don't harness our emotions, then we're always seen as this bad person. And for her to have done it on national TV it just causes it caused more attention to the black family and how it's not a cohesive front. Right, right. Because you got to remember, you know, millions and millions of people were watching. You know, all different colors, um, all different races, and you know, um, sometimes it just happens like that.
So let's talk about the roles in the black family. Let's talk about the the cohesiveness and how it needs to be. I think sometimes other people don't know how the black family functions. And I'll give you a story. So in my field of work, there's uh, things that happen that I know in the black family are normal. And you, you tell me, do you agree or not? All right. If I tell you to go pick a switch, go pick a switch. If I tell you, boy, you better watch your mouth. That's normal. Mm -hmm. If I tell you, sit down before I... Right. That, that's a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. In other cultures, that's not so normal. If I, if I... Dinner. What's for dinner? Whatever your mama cooked. <laughs> that's what you want to eat. <laughs> and if you don't want to eat... You're going to be hungry. See, those are sentences we can finish because we're, we're acculturated into that culture. But for other cultures, it's not that normal. So I had a situation recently on the job where... I had a uh, a different kind of counselor go inside of a black home mm -hmm. and thought abuse was going on. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that most of the people in the case so happened to be black, mm -hmm. randomly. And we saw the same thing and we thought it was totally normal. Mm -hmm. What what do you think the lines are for the, how black families function compared to other families? And what are our lines of abuse? Have we been abused so much that now we think unless you're getting beat by a shovel... <laughs> and, and thrown into the ocean that that's not abuse? Man, let me tell you, I'm so much more prepared for this than I thought I was. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> well, you're you're black and you're, you, know, you might know a little bit about being creative. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, growing up, so let me tell you a little bit about my childhood. Growing up, I had older parents. And what I mean by that, you know, they had, I have, uh, I had two older sisters and a brother. Then it was me and then. My baby sister. So there's like a 13 year gap between that. So by the time, yeah. So by the time we were born and coming up with age, you know, we really had old school parents. You know, if I moved too slow, then my dad was coming. Move with the purpose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would have been hit by a rake. You know, oh, I'd have been. Oh you know, no, I've been hit by a rake. I, I mean, and I had on shorts, dog. I had on shorts. Oh my so god. So you always ask you after you did that. <laughs> But you know, and why you ashy? Now you get beat again because right, you ain't right. got no lotion, dog. You embarrassing the family name, exactly. Because you ashy, and I just went and bought all that cocoa butter from that. right. right. <laughs> that was even though it was a dollar worth of water, we know that. Exactly. But <laughs> but you know, so that was normal. You know, that was it was normal for my dad to raise his voice at me. You know, um, I have a great example. I know a family that um, lives in North Carolina. Um, their the mother's white. Um, her two sons are mixed. Their father is from, I think, um, one of the uh, countries in Africa or somewhere. I can't think of where it is right now. But anyway, she does not spank her kids mm. at all. And, you know, this is the best example I've seen where I feel like because she don't um, chastise them in that manner, right now she has no authority with them. You know, they don't listen to her. Um, they talk back to her. And the only thing she does is take their phones from them. You really? Know? Yes. And, what? you know, they're really, you know. Uh, that would have been an easy day for me. What? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I've tried to talk to them. They don't listen. You know, if I was there, it'd be some hand swinging, you know. Right. But that's not what she raised them, how she raised them. So, um, you know. Let's talk about corporate punishment because <clears throat> I'm one of these that I don't agree with whooping. I don't agree with with that harsh discipline because of where we come from mm -hmm. as as black people. It was, to me, it was a time where 
You had to be beat or else you would die. Your life literally depended on it. It's not, it's there at some point today, but it's not. Have we, have we not modernized our ways of disciplining children? I don't know what's happened to discipline the children. Because <laughs> I mean, because it don't seem like nobody doing it right now. These children right now, man, are off the chain. <laughs> Some of the stuff I hear kids like five and six say to their parents, and I don't want to stand them like, okay, what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know you know how it happens in the grocery store, and oh, you yeah. can't have this cannon, and then they falling out on the floor. Man, if it was my kids, they would still be there because you're not, first of all, you're not going to embarrass me in front of everybody else, and you know I don't play that. So, I don't know where the discipline lies, and I think I want to say that the social service system has a lot to do with that because hey, hey, hey wait, down, wait, 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 you know, time I work, I work in that hey, system. Hey, I'm just saying, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, this ain't my only job. It's a, it's a thin line between, you know, we got to continue this. Hold <laughs> on. So this man telling me because of my job. Because the type of work I do, trying to get families functioning and not to be dysfunctional, that that's because of the social services. Go on and explain. No, I don't even want to talk to that. I don't want to talk about I'm not saying. I'm a sitting distraught. Your child specifically. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I work in the social well, service saying, field. I think a lot. I think it's real. Sometimes I think it's a really thin line, especially in the black homes, between discipline and abuse. This is true. You know what I'm saying? Because like we were just saying. You know, my dad hit me with a rake when I was coming up. Yeah, I, yeah. It hurt, but I ain't thinking of it. You hit somebody with a rake now, you're going to jail. They call them the people. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we've kind of become soft with our children, you know? So tell me this. Do you think that society can exist without laws? In the one I live in today? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think so, man. I mean, you know... We can't exist. We basically can't exist with them right now because, you know, people continuously breaking laws and doing their own thing and continuously changing the laws that they made, which I can understand that things, you know, change over time. But with no laws. Nah. So let's talk tribalism because we are talking about the black family and how it it is just different. Mm -hmm. It's a different way of thinking. Do you think with do you think we should increase our tribalism? And our separation, or do you think we should acculturate more to what main society is saying and function that way? How do you think that should go? Well, I don't, I don't, one thing I, you know, whatever we choose to do, I don't want us to lose our own identity. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if we can keep our identity, I think that's an important thing. But like I said, you know, we have to adapt because things that happened now in 2018 definitely didn't happen in 1918. So, you know, we have to adapt. We have to change. Um, you know, we're that type of people. We, we adapt to, you know, our environment. Um, so as long as we don't lose our identity, you know, lose our culture, then I think if it works, it works. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> Where is the black culture right now? Hmm. Well, it's kind of all over the place right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm an African-American, so I'm not bashing... 
my people at all. But some of the stuff I see, man, I'm like... Wait, you said you're not African-American? No, I said I am african And he said he not... Man, this man that turns to Raven Simone and says he dead. Y'all know I have to let that sink in. Rewind. He I said, said, I'm African-American. This man said, I'm not African-American. I said, I got Raven Simone, Stacey Dash, a Tiger Woods sitting all in front of him. Lord Jesus, there's a fire. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't... I don't you spell that? No, I don't spell that. That's smoke. Oh, that's me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you know, you know, because some people, you know, they talk down about their race, their culture. It's, it's not about that. I just some of the things that I see, you know, I'm thinking, you know, all the stuff that we've been through. Don't you remember that? You know, because right. we start to mimic um, actually what main society wants to see. Yeah. You know, they want to see us tear down each other. Right. They want to see us kill each other. And become um, that stereotype. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. so then that actually we're helping them do their job. You know, yeah. so that that really hurts me, man, when I see stuff like that. So let, let's talk this because you're the first person I actually get to talk to this about. Okay. You say African American. Do are you African American? Are you black or do you use the words interchangeably? Uh <laughs> I use them in the chamber. You know why? <laughs> when I fill out an application, it don't have black up there. I got to put African-American unless I put other, you know. Um, now, that's interesting you say that. When I fill out an application, I always check other and, type and write in American. Do you? I write in black American okay. or I write in American. Okay. And I just identify with black because I don't have dual citizenship. I feel like I have friends that are African-American. They have citizenship in Africa and they also have citizenship in America. I don't have dual citizenship. I'm an American. I served my country in the military. Right. I was born and raised in California. Mm-hmm. It gets no more American than that. Right, right. <laughs> you, you know, know. I, it doesn't, I never really put a lot of thought into it. It doesn't, right. you know, I'm not going to put a label on myself because I am who I am. You know, whether you look at me as black, if you look at me as dark skin, if you look at me as uh, uh, the beer game because I do got the beer game and stuff. Kel's a little, uh, little uh, jealous about that right yeah, now. Yeah, I shaved mine off the other day now. But, uh, baby face. You know, but that, that doesn't, you know, how you identify with my person is what I is what I look at. You know, um, you can I, you can say, call me Caucasian if you want, but, you know, I've been in the sun a long time if that's the case. Oh, man. <laughs> this man been close to the equator, y'all. Way close because he ain't, he ain't like, he would have been in the field. He would have been in the field with me. And we're back, we're back, we are back, yo! Man, I don't know if y'all been listening, but this is this is getting wild, and I'm sure it's about to get wilder because my next few questions, I know this man probably going to oh, talk wow. about him. So, he's a comedian. If y'all don't know his name, what's your name? Now, he ain't worried about his about name. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him your name. It's Joe Wills, your inspirational comedian. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. How did I tell this man to plug himself? I'm on Twitter. I think. I might have deleted it. Oh, man. man. See, people, <laughs> the last few people that came on here, they just plugged themselves without me telling them to plug themselves. But you know what? I right, saw so what it's about. It's all love. <laughs> it's, uh, that's unfiltered right there. That's about as unfiltered as it going to get. Right. Let me, go, let me go find a coffee pot to put these people in. <laughs> they, about as, they all been about as dark except for one. Anyway, <laughs> censorship. The FCC is doing this net neutrality stuff. It passed. People are protesting it. Censor, do you think we should be censored? And how? As far as broadcasting and things like as that? As far as anything. Like, this wouldn't be able to go on if, if net neutrality continues. Shows like this, won't, they won't survive. Because I can say anything I want to say mm-hmm. at this point in time as talking to you as a friend. 
talking to you as a colleague, talking to you as, you know, this inspirational person that needs to really get out and impact the world and make the world laugh. And But if they say, we don't want that, they can strike it and say, we no longer have it. But doesn't that mess with your, uh, you know, your um, freedom of speech? You know, I, I feel like that touches a bunch, you know, um, on that a little bit. Um, now, maybe limiting the words that you use, you know, just like, you know, you got different ratings for movies and things like that. Even though television right now, I, I have to look at the channel sometimes because I'm trying to figure out is it HBO or is it <laughs> CBS? You know, um, I think there's a need for that maybe just because of um, children. Right. Um, even though some of the children cuss more than I do. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you about some kids. <laughs> but um, to just take away our voice altogether, man, that just doesn't, you know, that goes against what, you know, we claim America to be, you know, the land of the free. Um, so, I, I, you know, I have to see how that goes, man. That's tough. So you talked about the different ratings on the TV and all of that. And I think that's cool. Um, what do you feel about privacy? Do you think that are you willing enough to get sacrifice your privacy for safety? Hmm. Well, first of all, I got to think about what I be doing in the privacy of my life. <laughs> I may not want my privacy. I mean, Big Brother watching you anyway. No, so. I know. They're listening. Because <laughs> you ever be saying something and you go to look it up on your phone and, and it comes up? And right there. Man, that ain't right, man. That, man, I, how, do, how do my phone know that my car is parked in the parking lot? You know, exactly. How do you know I was trying to, you know, find a definition of a kumquat? You know, and, right. and look it up and it's there. <laughs> you know, but... Um, man, you make me want to go home and say kumquats <laughs> and kumquats. We got, we got a tree in my backyard. <laughs> I think we used to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, safety is one thing. You know, um, I'm all for keeping people safe. But, you know, when you just open them up to everybody seeing what's going on. It reminds me of that that movie that Jim Carrey did a uh, long time ago. The Truman Show. Yes. The Truman Show. You know, yes. that was crazy. But that know? isn't that the life we're living right now? Because I think we're living in a society where, and I'm going to have to go to the next segment I know on this. But we're living in a society where if you didn't take a picture of it, it didn't happen. That's true. It's true. But you know what? I'm happy it wasn't like that when I was in high school because we would be having this conversation right now. Well, look, I'm happy it wasn't like <laughs> Well, it was. I'm happy I was able to abstain a little bit yeah, yeah. because at, at some point, we, we're we giving up our privacy. We're giving up who we are mm -hmm. as people. And we all are becoming these robots of social media mm -hmm. and becoming these faces. Like, this is an audio. Some people are going to listen to it, but some people say, I would much rather if that was a video. Right. Right. Even if they're driving, they're watching a video. Right, yeah. So it's, it, it becomes one of these amazing things. Mm -hmm. Unless you take a picture of it, unless you video it, it didn't happen. That's true. So it's kind of, we almost give up our privacy, but at the same time, we want privacy. So I guess it's that's why I'm asking, how much are we willing to sacrifice, you know, to get to where we got to go? And we're going to answer that when we come right back. We're talking about censorship and how much do we will, are we willing to sacrifice and how we do it. So, what are you willing to sacrifice for your for your censorship? Because without social media, you will not be able to spread your message. 
That's true. You know, I mean, man, that's 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 tight because because you mentioned safety before. Um, I, you know, I don't want to give up my voice. You know, um, without Facebook and Instagram right now and YouTube, you know, um, there would probably be no inspirational comedian. Comedian, um, you know, I could you know do little comedy spots, but. You know, that to me, that's slow. You know, social media gets out there so fast and you're able to reach so many people at one time. So it would really um, cover my mouth, man. And like I said, lose my voice. So I don't know if I'm ready to give up anything right now. So what rights do humans have? And does it get to change with our ages? Or does it get to change with the age of time? And what do you mean by rights? Because when you ask me that question, you know, I, the first thing that comes to my head is, you know, older people. You know, older people... Um, I see, like, they just say anything, you know? They and, free. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to set them on free. You know, it's almost like I don't want to be old, but I can't wait to be an older guy because I'm just going to do what I want. You know, if I want to get in a little buggy and walk, ride to Walmart <laughs> in my boxer shorts, you oh, know, Lord. looking for my oatmeal, that's what I'm going to do. With your keys fall down. Yeah, with my keys fall down, <laughs> with my suspenders on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, you know, each generation, man, you know, Things have changed so much. You know, I'm 46 years old and, you know, things that I've seen or uh, come in contact with when I was 16, you know, uh, so different now. We don't even think about those things, you know, um, but as time, as you get older, uh, I think there's a different level to your, uh, I think there's a different level to your rights. I, I respect and I honor senior citizens, you know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of my family, because I said I had older parents, a lot of my family were older, you know, um, and so I got a lot of wisdom from them. You know, you can learn a lot from them. I, I, I agree with that. I love older people. I love talking to them. So you got a few years on me, a whole lot of few years. <laughs> but so when you when you when you think over the span of your life, man, you've been through a lot of history. Mm -hmm. You've seen a lot of historical moments. And I feel like in my life, I've seen a lot of historical moments. I feel like. I feel like when I was a kid and September 11th happened, mm -hmm. and then I got to see the first black president. Wait, you were a kid? And then I got to see. This is good. We're, 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 right we're just going to keep this going. <laughs> and, and we, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was young. I was, yeah. Anyway, and we, we got, to, I got to see the first black president, then I got to see the first serious candidate for a female president mm -hmm. uh, after. After Miss Ch Dr. Chisholm, because mm -hmm. she was the first woman right, right. to ever run for president. Gotcha. So. And seeing that in my lifetime and seeing celebrities become to the office of president um, and even in the military, seeing that difference and how wars are now fought on a computer and not actually mm -hmm. on the ground. And I served in the military, so kind of seeing that change in and of itself for me has been a lot of history. What has been the most pinnacle historical moment for black people, do you think? It has to be Obama, man. I mean, um, hands down, you know, my, my father passed away in 2011. So he was here for the, the first term. Wow. And, you know, just for him to be able to see that because of all the stuff he used to tell me that he went through, mm -hmm. you know, you know, being called out of his name and um, having to fight guys because they're jumping on him because of the color of his skin. Right. And to finally see, you know, black slash African-American <laughs> man in office, you know. I'm just, how did that make him feel, man, you know, to be able to see that? And then, you know, like for my mom, since she's still living, she's been able to see that twice, you right, know? Right. So um, I think that has to be one of the top um, instances that's happened 
since, you know, since I've been here anyway, you know. Um, you mentioned 9-11. Um, you were a teenager. I was married to my first wife, two small kids, and on the job. Wow. Yeah, working the job wow. when that happened, man. I remember seeing it on TV. That was something that I'll never forget. And then um, the spaceship, when it took off and it exploded. exploded. Now, I was in class. I was in elementary school or whatever. You wow. Know. You know, so seeing that take off, we was watching it on a little TV on the roller thing. You know how they bring it out. And just seeing it explode. And just... No, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we did have that because I went to a poor school. I'm from Compton. Washington, LA. We got no poor little TV. We got y'all TV still. So that's good that that was... That was, but and I, we were talking, we were talking just a second ago, and how you watched that on TV, and I'm like, man, I just watched SpaceX go off the other day, and if I would have saw right. that, it would have been crazy. It would have made no sense, but you know what? It would have been widespread. You guys didn't even get the news how we get the news so rapidly. Right, exactly. So do you think that getting the news in such a high, quick fashion kind of distorts the facts that come to it and that's how we get alternative facts i think so because you know they report on something as soon as it happens a lot of times they don't have all the facts that they right need. and so then you get all these rebuttals and then you get the second rebuttal and then the amendment to the rebuttal you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you know they're trying to get it out there so fast to um society that um they kind of jump the gun you know yeah so <clears throat> And we're gonna we're gonna close pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So, if you were to leave an inheritance on a generation, what would it be? Mm. This is gonna sound so cliche, but you know, I, I think you know when I decided to become a comedian, you know, I'm I'm over forty. You know, how many people kind of change? Um, you know their their goals or their paths, you know, over that age, you know, the percentage is probably not that high, but I guess what I would say is, you know, it's never too late to work on your dream. You know, it's never too late. I don't know how old you are, um, what your condition is, where you live, um, the color of your skin, it doesn't matter, but it's going to take hard work and don't let anyone tell you that, um, you cannot accomplish it, you know, but it's going to take hard work. It's going to take mo a motivation. It's going to take dedication um, and just walk in your path. Don't worry about the other runner to your right or to your left. Just run your race. You know what I'm saying? Good. Because what happens when you're driving in a car and you start to look to the right? You start to veer into the right. That's you good. know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> stay focused um, and just run your race. So run your race. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So there's a reason why. No, I'm just joking. I'm about to, I'm about to cook these so uh -huh. I can't give up now. Uh -huh. I've come too far. <laughs> too far. Yeah. Not about and a half. Just won't do. See? So I can't uh -huh. talk to this man. So run your race. What does running the race for you at this point look, look like? Um, be transparent. You know, there's a lot of... Um, we just don't talk about comedy. There's a lot of comedians out there right now. Yeah. Especially on social media. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking. I haven't been doing it a long time. And I understand that. That's in the back of my mind. But on the front of my mind is like, you know, I want at least some of that success that they're having. But I have to remember that they've been doing it, you know, years, years, more years than me. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about their success. You know, just stay focused. Basically, you know, um, 
uh, don't worry about the critics. Don't worry about if I say a joke and everybody don't think it's funny. Um, don't worry about the views that, you know, like we were talking earlier, the views that we get on the video. Right. Don't worry about that. Don't compare your worth to the likes. You know what I'm saying? Don't compare your worth to the views because everybody that's you think that's watching you is not watching. And some of the people that aren't really are. Uh, so pay attention to that. That's good. That's good. So you never know who's watching. So pay attention to that. <clears throat> I like that. And never too late. Everybody know. Y'all know on the station, that's what we talk about. Being free and living your mega life today. Y'all know I have to plug it somewhere. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of what Unfiltered Love is. It's about people living their freedom right now. Right. Not waiting to live their freedom, not waiting to go do anything, and not looking for anybody else to give them the the approval to be free. Exactly. You already have the approval to be free because God gave it to you. It's your God-given right. Mm -hmm. It's your God-given right for you to live your best life whenever you choose to live it. So that's kind of what we promote. We promote that freedom and live your mega life and just let here's some tools because we all don't have the tools to get to where we got to go. We got to get keys from other people, build mm -hmm. on those, and keep moving on. Right. Now, y'all know I like to do these things with people when they come on with oh, their professions. God. Don't be scared. Oh, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> so we got a comedian here, right? Ha ha funny. I'm going to let him give us a one minute set. Then I have some questions for him. So ready? Give us a one minute set. Well, let's see. Uh, man, you know, you caught me on guard with that, man. Yep. I thought we was just going to talk. Your minute your minute's running out. Is it? Is it? <laughs> no, this, this is part of the set, you know. Um, funny story. This is all I got. You know, I was working this job, man, you know, and I'm a people person. I like speaking to people whenever I can, you know, you know, that will country boy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm on a new job and I'm, you know, and um, I uh, speaking to everybody every time I come in. And there's this one lady, I'm going to make, make up a name. Her name was Janet, okay? She would come by every morning, man, and I would say, good morning, Janet. Janet would look at me. I'm like, okay, so maybe I ain't say it loud enough. So next morning, come by, I said, Good morning, Janet. Janet didn't say nothing to me. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? I would have called her some other words. You know what I'm saying? So I think one more time, you know. You know, that's the Christian name. Hell, ball cuss. You know what I'm <laughs> I would have thrown a beer there you know or something. So the next morning, man, I come in and I'm like, hi, Janet. You know, I'm waving or whatever. She keeps walking. So my coworker beside me, I'm like, hey, is, is Janet don't like me or whatever? She's like, Joe. Janet is deaf. Oh my goodness. Do you know the size I wanted to be? You should have been. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. So, you know. So, this man trying to force himself on a woman who's hearing impaired. First of all, <laughs> what you're not going to do. You don't talk to me, Janet. No, I ain't deaf. <laughs> you know? I was trying to be hospitable. He, yeah, well, Janet did what he did. So, <laughs> I got something for you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Cynthia. Cynthia, who? I don't know. You tell me. You're supposed to know all the knock-knock jokes. You're the comedian. Knock-knock. Who's there? De Niro. 
the narrow who. You don't know that one either, huh? What? Knock, knock. What is this? <laughs> Who's there? Eggs. Eggs who? You don't know that one either, okay? Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange, you glad I didn't say banana? Oh! That's old school right now. Now that's bro. what he got. <laughs> okay, so tell me this. Uh-huh. We're going to do dad jokes. Ah! Ah! <laughs> ah! Okay. What do you call a deer with no eyes? Uh, wow. Blind? I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you want to hear a dirt joke? Go ahead. Little boy fell in the mud hole. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a classic, dog. Okay. I'm going to go back to my knock-knock. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll go to the, the Christian dad jokes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of a Christian dad joke that I thought was funny. Um, when you get to heaven, who you want to see? Jesus. Why? Uh, he's the one that died for me. So you want to see a dead corpse? I want to see. I'm just so saying. I want to see the Holy Spirit. Is that what I want? No, to see? I mean. Yeah. I, you know so you can see. Is. So you can see ghosts now. No, gonna, uh, <laughs> I was gonna have some. So I you mean, can see ghosts now. Still working on that. One. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, is now that we've, man, this has been crazy, because I think we've probably didn't been through forty minutes. <laughs> what would you tell the next generation to move themselves forward? Mm. Uh, no one's gonna do anything for you. Mm. You know, don't wait for the handouts. Um, almost nothing is free. You know, people say water is free, but. I mean, if you can't find your path to the water hole, then how are you going to drink? You know, yeah. um, nothing is free, man. Um, it's going to take hard work, man. And number one, because we as a people are already kind of behind the eight ball, you know what I'm saying? So wow. we got to work harder. Why? Because, you know, if I go on an interview and my Caucasian counterpoint goes on an interview, um, and I've seen it's happened to me, you know, I may be maybe qualified, maybe overqualified, mm-hmm. but because of the color of my skin, there's some judgment, there's some stereotype, you know, maybe that we're lazy um, or any of the other ones that they choose not to um, choose me. They choose the other person. So you think that that's an is that an issue or do you think that companies are looking for a certain model and a certain mode? I think first they look for the skills that they're looking for. Right. Um, because they're not going to hire somebody that can't do the job. Um, so be trained, people. In case you <laughs> get that message just right there. Yeah, you got to be trained, you know. Um, but, you know, some job, some people, of course, this is not everybody. It's not the mass. But some people... You know, they still have that old school mentality. Yeah, um, that is true. You know, so I've been there. <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of times when I fill out a job application and you get down to the the EEO section, I don't fill it out. You know what I'm saying? It, or sometimes I've even put incorrect answers in there, right? You know, just to test it. You Absolutely. Know? Um, people judge. I mean, it's a shame that we we have to we do have to do that. Um, I switched my name from my birth name to <laughs> Kel. My name is Kel Smith. You don't know who Kel Smith is. 
It sounds it's, it's a neutral name. Right. It it's as basic as all names can come. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it a more marketable thing. Mm-hmm. But when I say, hey, it's Kill Listens. Or hey, it's Kill Mom, then people are like, Oh yeah, Kill that, Mom, that's that's it, right? That, that's a giveaway. That, that could be ethnic. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. So I, I do get that. I do get that. Mm-hmm. When it's all said and done, and the legacy for you is left, in one word, what would that legacy be? You can't say mean and surly either. You can't say what? <laughs> mean and surly. One word? One word. Hard. Hard. Because I care, man. I mean, I, I... I said one word. You see this man about to give us a whole Oh, word. I mean, I got... Now, I'm just telling you... Because you, 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 you know they're out there saying yeah. hard. What does he mean? <laughs> yeah, and sick? I, I got no. some perverted people out <laughs> there, so they going to take that all the wrong way. I just no. want you to know. You know, is he sick or something? Do we need to pray for him? No. Yeah, well, but, yeah, you know, healing does exist. <laughs> Deliverance. You know, that's one, th- and I, I, that's been instilled in me from my parents. You know, um, I've seen my father and my mother take in strangers that they did not know, allow them to stay at our home um, for several nights. You know, my sister and I, we were young because, you know, of course, there's a different time. Right. But, <laughs> you know, because they were down on their luck and, you know, out of the goodness of his heart. And the love he had um, for people, he took them in and provided them some shelter for a few days. You know, so that's amazing. Hard <clears throat> that that's a that's a legacy to live by, and then to kind of stand in those shoes of your father mm-hmm. and and kind of give back the way he gave back in a generation that's not willing to take it. Right. That's amazing. Right. That's amazing. Well, look, it's been good talking to you, man. I appreciate you coming out. I appreciate you sharing with us your story, your comedian. Tell them where they can find you. See, this is where you plug. This is right here. Tell them where you plug. Is this thing on? (laughs) Look, you can look me up on uh, Facebook, Inspirational Comedian. I have a page uh, on Instagram. It's Inspirational underscore Comedian. Um, On YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. Please go like something that you see, um, share the videos, uh, um, you know, subscribe to my channel. Um, like I said, it's not about being famous. It's about just inspiring people through comedy. Uh, so look me up. I'm on Twitter. Uh, what else is out there? I think I'm on Snapchat. I was like, you got a Snapchat? I'm still trying to figure out how to learn to use that thing. We're going to get this man a tutorial on Snapchat. <laughs> all I know is you can make funny faces and stuff, you know, but um, so I'm all on to those. Um, so, you know, check me out, um, and I appreciate you, all of you. So, y'all the first here. Go check the man out. Go look at his page, and we got plenty more to come. So, welcome back to Unfiltered Love Radio. It's your boy, Kalistens, because I listen from heaven to earth to me to you. Look, we've had a great show. I've enjoyed all of you. I hope y'all enjoyed. Remember, go push the star button. Go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, what else is out there? Y'all know all the social medias. Make sure you join the conversation. If you have questions, if you have questions, will you answer these questions if they ask you? I sure will. So he going to answer y'all questions if y'all have them. Make sure y'all go follow him. Go go on all the social medias, follow him. We need to support our own. We need to have our own people yeah. uplifted. If we're not doing it, how can we expect other people to do it? If you have something that you do, let us know. Let us support you. When we work as a cohesive group and we work as one and we learn how to work as unity in economics and education and agriculture and art, when we learn how to put all of those pieces together 
and we stop having our differences because of a religion, because of a certain type, because people look a certain way or act a certain way, then we can get more accomplished as a people. And then we can deal with fixing each other later. But right now, just fix yourself, get it together, and support other people. So I'm going to leave y'all with a couple of these songs that are mine. So be looking out for new music coming soon. Be looking out for new guests coming. And let's get it done, baby. Be free and live your mega life today. Oh, freedom. Oh, I would have fainted freedom. unless I had believed to see the glory of God and the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall shrink in thy heart. I said, wait on the Lord. God, we've been waiting so long. We've been waiting to free him. We've been waiting for your return. And as the whole earth groans, we stand here and say, where's the freedom? You free me so I can free them. And now we're rising up again to make a nation of men and women that will be armies at your very hand. And that's why we can say, freedom, freedom, freedom. Your grace over me. So though we've waited and though we've been fading, we know that we stand up and rise. Because today, I want to free you from any addiction. I want to free you from any racism. Stand up, people. Let's free you. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed.
on Filter Love Radio.